You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter number 6, verse number 66, the Bible says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Verse 67, then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Amen. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful time we've enjoyed already in church. Uh, we've been blessed, and I know that uh, your heart has been blessed as well to hear your name uh, uplifted and to hear the songs of praise. And Lord, I thank you for bringing the Johnson family here. Thank you for the blessing that they've been. I thank you for the choir. I thank you for the congregational singing. I pray now as we approach the preaching of your word, I pray that we would be attentive. I pray that our hearts uh, and minds and ears would be open. I pray that we would receive what you have for us. I do thank you for your word, and I thank you that your word has the answers. And we certainly today, we need to hear from you. And uh, Lord, I need your help as I do my best to deliver uh, this message that you've put upon my heart. Uh, help me uh, not to uh, say anything I should not say, but help me to say everything I should say. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. John chapter 6 in your Bibles. We see John 6 and verse number 66. 666. Six, six. And what a, a very a sad verse. Uh, what a fitting verse. It says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. What, what a sad verse. Now, I, I could see where maybe the Bible would say that there were a lot of people that were just curious. They were, they were just onlookers. They were bystanders, and they just kind of happened to be around, and they said, uh, no thanks, that's not what we want. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there were many of his disciples Many of his followers, many people that had uh, professed him and believed on him, and those are the ones that walked away. Those are the ones that turned back. Jesus then, in verse 67, he looked at the 12. Now, obviously, there were a lot more there than 12, but all the rest left, and Jesus looked at the 12, and he asked them this really heart-piercing, soul-searching question. And he said, will ye also go away? And friend, I want to tell you, say, I don't like to deal with the negative and I don't want to worry about things like that. Well, you need to worry about things like that because there will come a day in your life and there will come a day in mine and I think of many of those days have already come 
where there will be people that you love and people that you know and people that you sit uh, shoulder to shoulder with in church and you go to class and you sing in a choir or uh, you talk about the Lord and there will be people that will walk away from the Lord. And that's a very, very sad commentary, but it's true. You say, why would they walk away? I don't know, but I know this, they walked away from Jesus. And if people would walk away from Jesus while he was on this earth, in the flesh, in person, if Jesus, if people would walk away from Jesus, I have no doubt they'll walk away from us. But friend, here's the question. You can't worry about what everybody else is going to do. But you better be ready to answer what you're going to do. Will ye also go away? And it says in verse number 68, I love this passage, this response from Simon Peter. He answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I hope that that will be our answer. I hope that we can say with confidence, I hope we can say with assurance, Lord, we're not going anywhere. We are going to follow you. You are the one that we seek after. Let me give you quickly a few thoughts from John chapter 6. Number one, I see in this passage that there were misunderstandings. Now, the Bible does not tell us exactly why a lot of people, a lot of disciples left, but it does say in John 6 that Jesus had fed the 5,000. And Jesus made a point to say that some of the people there, they were only there because of the food. Now, let's be honest. We all would have to say there have been some places we would not have chosen to go, but there was food involved, right? And how many know if there's food involved, you can overlook a lot of shortcomings, you know? If there's good food, then that's, that's why you're there. I don't know if that's the reason that many follow Jesus, but he had fed the 5,000. He also, in this chapter, had walked on the water. So some of these people are thinking, whoa, if this guy can feed the 5,000, if this guy can walk on water, think about what he can do for me. Wow. If he could do that, he could probably take all my problems away. Wow, if I would just follow him, I'll never have any struggles. I'll never have any difficulties. I'll never have any hardships. And then Jesus in this chapter tells, him, tells the people, he says, oh, and by the way, I'm going to die on a cross. Oh, by the way, I've come to give my life. Oh, you're looking for manna, but Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And if you're going to have eternal life, you're going to have to believe on me. And Jesus in this passage tells them throughout that he is the bread of life and he is the only way to have life and he is the only way to heaven. And there were for sure some misunderstandings because notice in verse number 60, the Bible says, many therefore of his disciples, there it is again, these were not just average uh, bystanders, but many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? Now, that verse does not mean this is really hard to understand and we can't figure it out. Here's what this means. Those people said, this is hard to accept. And friend, I want to tell you, there are times in life where it's not a question of understanding. It's a question of trust. 
It's a question of, well, am I willing to accept this is what God says? Am I willing to accept this is how God's doing it? Am I willing to accept that, yes, I am going through trials like Job, and yes, I am going through trials like the Apostle Paul, but God's got a plan for it. And God's plan is not to wipe your troubles away. God's plan is to walk with you through the trials. God's plan is to strengthen you and to glorify himself through the trials. There were misunderstandings. They had preconceived ideas of what they thought Jesus should do and who they thought Jesus should be. I've got news for you this morning. God is not interested in what you think he should be. He's God. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's not looking, uh, he's not taking a popularity poll to see what you want in a God. He is God and you and I, we've got to get on his page. We've got to get on his schedule. We've got to get back to the point where we recognize whether I understand it or not, I will trust him. But there were misunderstandings. Number two, I see there was a majority. Now I wish it said there were one or two that slipped away. I wish that this said, there were just a couple, just, just a few that left. But that's not what it says. It says, many of his disciples, verse number 66, went back and walked no more with him. Perhaps these people who walked away, maybe they were more interested in the miracles than they were in Jesus. Maybe they were more interested in the blessings than they were with the one who was doing the blessing. Now, when I think about that and when I read this passage, I cannot help but think about the United States of America, American Christianity in 2023. When things are going good, when our health is good, when there's money in the bank, when the kids are doing good, when the marriage is good, when the job is good, we come to church and we sing praise God from whom all blessings flow. But then when trials start coming, when difficulties arise, sometimes we find that we get a little quiet. Sometimes we start to miss church. Sometimes we stop serving. Sometimes we stop giving. Sometimes we stop witnessing when things get hard. But friend, I want to tell you, when the going gets tough, that's when you're going to find out if you love God, if I love God, or if we just love all the stuff, if we love all the blessings, if we just like all the free meals, or if we truly have a relationship with him, the majority during the war for independence, General George Washington, of course, had a very difficult time fighting against the British. But George Washington's greatest struggle was not with the British. His greatest struggle was with people in his own army that deserted. Those that saw the conditions, those that saw they were outnumbered, and those that uh, saw uh, how difficult it was to fight, and they were away from family and they didn't have adequate clothing, and they didn't have adequate supplies, and they had very little food to eat, and, and, and there were some that thought, well, we don't think we can make it. We don't think we can do it. It is too hard. And during that time, Thomas Paine penned those words. These are the tr times that try men's souls. It is now the summer soldier and sunshine patriot who will in this crisis shrink from service of their country. But he that stands now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Can I tell you, in 
today, our, our, our Christianity, our churches, I think we have a lot of summer soldiers. We have a lot of sunshine patriots, meaning that when things are going good, you can count on us. But when things are not good, sometimes we shrink from the service. Sometimes we fade away. Sometimes we pull back. But God is looking for those disciples who will not only follow him in the good times, but those that will follow him through the valley. Those that will follow through the wilderness. Those that will follow even when difficult times come. The Bible tells us of a man by the name of Demas. The Bible says that Demas forsook Paul, having loved this present world. The Bible talks about John Mark. We don't know exactly why he left, but he was serving God. He was faithful. He was with Paul and with Barnabas on their missionary journeys. But something happened and John Mark went home. And friend, I want to tell you, we've got to make the decision today. We've got to make the decision right now. We've got to make the decision that when those difficult times come, when others walk away, when friends and family and people we've known and loved, when they walk away from God, we still love them. We still pray for them. We're still kind to them. We don't write them off. We don't give up on them, but we don't stop following Christ. Will you also go away? I see, number one, the misunderstandings. Number two, the majority. But number three, I see the mistake. The mistake is this, that these disciples stopped following Jesus. And friend, you don't have to do a deep study in John 6. You don't have to know the Greek. You don't have to understand the context. You don't have to understand all the reasons. Just know this, that whenever you stop following Jesus, that is always a mistake. That is always a decision that you will live to regret. Don't stop following Christ. Many went back. Many walked no more with him. You and I must be very careful because if it could happen to these disciples, it could happen to us. We all know people like this, and except for the grace of God, that could be our story. Jesus asked the 12 disciples after many walked away, he asked the 12 disciples this question, will ye also go away? Notice Peter's answer in verse number 68. Of course, Peter always gets a bad rap and usually he sticks his foot in his mouth, but this time Peter got it right. This time Peter spoke with confidence. He spoke with assurance. He spoke with boldness. And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I see number four in this passage. I see the master. When Peter answered Jesus, he said, Lord. And you know, if you're going to keep following Jesus, you better make sure that he is the Lord of your life. You better make sure he's in charge. Uh, sometimes uh, the Christian life, we think it's a committee. We think I got to ask this person and ask this person, ask this person, and, and, and who, whichever one gets the most votes. Oh, no, no. Whatever God says, that ought to go. He ought to be the Lord. He ought to be the king. He ought to be uh, the one who is calling the shots in our lives. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? He said, Lord, if we stop following you, where are we going to go? What else are we going to do? Uh, he'd already given up his, his fishing. He'd already given up his boat. He'd already given up his career. And he said, Lord, there's nothing else I want. There's nobody else worth following. There's nobody else worth living for. And friend, if you had a thousand lives to live, 
If I had a thousand lives to live, you could try everything under the sun. You could try every profession. You could try every hobby. You could try every career. You could try every entertainment. But nothing is going to satisfy you. And nothing is going to bring you fulfillment like Jesus Christ. Only Jesus satisfies your soul. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? My wife and I and Brother Dan and Miss Kelly, we were in college with a young man. And Brother Dan, he was... Uh, he, you, you served in ministry with him uh, in college in your Sunday school. So that's a whole other story for another day. But this young man, he graduated from college, and uh, he went to be a youth pastor at a church, not in this area. Uh, I don't want to scare you. But uh, he went to be a youth pastor, and uh, while he was a youth pastor, he had the opportunity to work uh, a side job, and he was working about an hour or two every day driving a school bus for the local school district. And you've you got to know this guy. I mean, this guy was a nut. I mean, he was just, he was crazy. He was goofy. He was hilarious. He was, he was just not all there. Uh, anybody know anybody like that? Does, does that sound familiar? Or is anybody sitting next to somebody that I just described? Just like, there we go. Uh, and some of you that didn't raise your hand, you might be the nut. Everybody's looking at you. They just didn't want to embarrass you. But this guy was hilarious. Uh, after college, and he was a youth pastor, and he was, he was one day, he was driving the bus for the school district, for the local public school in that area. And, uh, and he told me the story, uh, excuse me, he didn't tell me the story. Uh, it was his brother-in-law that told me the story. But he, uh, they told me the story, and they said, it was unbelievable. He's driving the bus, and, and one day, he, he got out on the route, and he thought, you know what, I'm not used to this particular route. I probably should have looked into it a little more before I got on the bus and took off. But, you know, he says, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get there. And so he's driving the bus. He's picking up children to take them to school. And while he's picking up the children to take them to school, all of a sudden he's realizing, I don't know how to get back to the school. And so he starts asking the kids on the bus. And, and we're not talking about high school either. We're talking about elementary. And he said, hey, uh, you know, like, like he was testing him. Like, hey, do you know how to get to school? You know, just in case anything happened or whatever. And they're giving him directions. Well, at some point that didn't work because he realized they were not getting close to the school and they were in this residential area. And so finally he pulls over on the side of the road. He opens the door and there's a woman walking down the sidewalk, just minding her own business, getting some exercise. And he asked the woman, he says, excuse me, ma'am, could you tell me how to get to such and such school? The lady on the sidewalk was horrified, you know, like deer in the headlights and didn't know whether to laugh or cry. And so told him how to get to the school. And thankfully, they made it back to the school. Now, friend, here's what I'm telling you. Sometimes we've all got involved in things where the people that were leading the way didn't know what in the world they were doing. And I hope you're not thinking right now, Victory Baptist Church. <laughs> I hope you're not thinking, yeah, pastor, as a matter of fact, you just described it perfectly. But I'll tell you this. We may not always know the way, and we may not always be able to figure it out, but we know who does know the way. We know who we are following. And when you follow Jesus, you will never get off track. When you follow the Lord, he will never lead you astray. I like that chorus. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. And that's all you have to do. Master, Lord, thou hast the words of eternal life. Lord, to whom shall we go? Notice number four, the master. Number five, the message. Peter said, thou hast the words of life. 
The Bible has the answers for your life. The Bible has the answers for my life. You see this book right here? These are words of life. These are words of blessing. These are words of victory. This Bible tells you how to live this life and how you can prepare for the next life. This book has the answer. I love that song, Brother Johnson, that you all sang. God's word is sufficient. Jesus said in John 8, 31, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. You say, Pastor, how can I follow Jesus? How do I follow the Lord? When you and I continue in the word of God, that is how we follow him. That is how we become and stay his disciples. The Bible is a manual for life. The Bible ought to be read. It ought to be studied and memorized and meditated upon. It ought to be talked about. It ought to be shared. The Bible is the book with the answer. Quickly, number six, I see not only did Peter say, Lord, but then I want you to notice Peter said in verse 69, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Number six, I see the Messiah. Peter said, you're not only Lord, you're not only master, you're not only the boss, you're not only the one that's in charge, but you are God. And friend, it's a good day when you and I come to the realization that he is God. And he is sovereign and he is in control and he has the ability to take whatever's going on in your life and God can work all things together for good. Peter said, we believe and are sure. Are you sure of that today? Are you sure that Jesus is God? Are you sure that Jesus has the power and he has the ability to help you? Sometimes we think, well, God can help everybody else. Uh, you know, we think about Miss Samantha and the, the, the awful accident. We, we pray for her. We say, Lord, we know you can help Samantha. And by the way, God can and God has. But did you know God can help you? God can help your situation. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I see, lastly, I see... A mistake. We've already we've seen the mistake that the many disciples made when they turned back. But notice verse number 70. We see now there's an individual who is named. This is not the majority, but this is one of the twelve. The Bible says in verse 70, then answered, then Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? And he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray him being one of the 12. Now think about this. There were many that left, but there were 12 that stayed. And those 12 that stayed, they walked with Jesus every day. They ministered with Jesus. They served with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They saw firsthand, front row seats. They saw the miracles of Jesus. And yet there was one by the name of Judas who also made a mistake. I don't know exactly why Judas betrayed the Lord. I think there's a lot of reasons we could speculate. One reason, I think, is because Judas was the, the treasurer. Maybe it was because of greed. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Maybe he betrayed Jesus for money. Friend, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you had all the money in the world, it wouldn't be worth betraying Jesus over. But money, money should never come between you and the Lord. For Judas, maybe it was because of a lack of attention. 
You know, it seems like Peter, James, and John were always getting the attention. Maybe for Judas, he couldn't handle the fact that, hey, other people are getting the glory. Friend, welcome to life. Did you know all through life, there will be people that get promotions that don't deserve them? And there'll be people that don't get promotions that do deserve them? But if you're living your life for the applause of men, the recognition of men, you will be disappointed. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You can't quit. You can't forsake the Lord just because somebody else gets more recognition. I think, honestly, I think for, for Judas, I think it was when Jesus corrected him. After that woman had come and had brought that ointment and, and Judas is the one that said, oh, this ointment could have, been sold, could have been sold for so much and given to the poor. Of course, that's not what he was really thinking. But that was what he said. And Jesus stopped him and said, you've got the poor with me always. But me, you have not always. And, and maybe for Judas, maybe he just couldn't handle the fact that Jesus had to correct him. Maybe today you're here and maybe you've been offended. Maybe there's been something that's happened in your life. And can I tell you, if, if God has ever had to correct you, that's a wonderful thing. Because the book of Hebrews says that God does not correct you unless you are his child. And God corrects us not because he wants to hurt us, but God corrects us because he loves us. As a father chasteneth his children, so the heavenly father chastens us. I don't know all the reasons why uh, Judas betrayed the Lord. Maybe he was disillusioned. Maybe because things were not working out like what he expected. I don't know what the reason was, but I'll say this. Satan's going to give you reasons. Satan's going to come to you and Satan's going to do everything he can to try to get you off track from following Jesus. And if he could get Judas, I have no doubt that he could get any one of us if we take our eyes off of Jesus. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. That's why the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and to be able to fight against the wiles of the devil. What a mistake it would be for any of us to come to the point in our lives where we say, I'm done following Jesus. Friend, we're not done following Jesus. As a matter of fact, I think we're just getting started. Because as you follow Jesus, I want to tell you this, it just gets better and better. It gets sweeter and sweeter. You'll never come to the end of your life, uh, as I've talked to many folks uh, who were getting ready to cross the shore. I've never talked to anybody at the end of their life that said this. I wish I wouldn't have followed Jesus so much. I wish I wouldn't have given so much to God and I wish I wouldn't have wasted so much on the Lord's work. I've never talked to anybody like that. But I have talked to folks that have said this. I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have loved him more. I wish I'd have served him more. And let's today, let's make that decision that we're going to follow Jesus. Will ye also go away? Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.